0: Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. Today's Bible reading. Hello. Is it on? Hello. Hello. Today's Bible reading is from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 7. If you've got one of the church Bibles, you can find it on page 512. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil.
1: Good morning, everyone. My name is Ryan. If I haven't met you before, um, special welcome to are visiting. Uh, it's going to be great to dive into another area of wisdom uh, for our new decade and our new year. So if you have your Bibles, keep them open to Proverbs or uh, the passages will come up on the screen. Uh, I'm just going to fiddle around with this for a second. All right, I'm going to pray, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll jump into it. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you that we get to hear you speak to us, that you don't leave us alone to figure out life, but you come to us like a father, like a parent coming down to their child and loving them and leading them and caring for them by speaking and showing them And so we thank you that this is what you do for us and are doing for us as we open the Bible. We hear you speak, we hear you lead, we hear you show, we hear you speak. And so, Father, we just pray that that would be our experience this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. One of the things I love to do when I wake up in the morning, as I'm, you know, getting my coffee, getting my breakfast, is turning on uh, the news. I pull out my phone. I've got, uh, I'm an ABC News kind of guy, so I pull out my ABC iview app, go to the news section, scroll down to the, the most recent you know, Queensland uh, news update, and one morning this week, I was making my breakfast, drinking my coffee, and on the news, I gave an update on the fires, and one man's comment just stopped me dead. It struck me as just not odd, but just even really strange to even hear on the news. It was a man from Bateman's Bay as he um, was explaining his evacuation in this footage of it um, on the screen. And he said, in that moment, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know. And I prayed. He says, I'm not that kind of guy, I'm an atheist, I don't do those kinds of things, but I didn't know, it was the only thing I could do. Yeah, it's fascinating that when we don't know what to do, this man prays, why? Why pray in that situation? Because it's interesting. Not knowing it all, not knowing what to do, not knowing what's going to happen isn't necessarily in and of itself a bad or wrong thing. Now, after all, being human kind of comes with the territory of not having all the knowledge, not knowing what's going to happen. So what is it about not knowing that makes life so hard? Well, it's because not knowing, not having all the information, knowing in part often leaves us feeling very vulnerable, not safe, anxious, worried. You know, as the saying goes, with knowledge comes power, or knowledge is power. And so you better make sure that you know everything that there is to know Because who knows what will happen to you? And if you know, well, then you can actually do something about it. You can make yourself safe. You can protect yourself. You can plan, predict. It comes with our feelings of of vulnerability, worry, fear of the unknown. It's really interesting. One of the ideas of fear that is thrown around is that fear often stems from you know, our false expectations to anticipate a reality. And often these false expectations come from our, our, our effort to know it all, to know what's going to happen. And so living in a world of not knowing is a world of anxiety, of worry, of fear. And we don't need to know What it's like to be caught in the bushfires, to know the feeling of vulnerability, of fear, of worry. And so then, well, how do we live in a world where we don't know it all? How do we live in a world where it is a what-if kind of life? How can we follow Jesus when he says stuff like this? Don't be anxious about your life. But how? How do we live like that when we don't know what's going to happen, when we don't know what to do, when we don't know it all? Well, Proverbs, and in particular the book of the Bible, God is helping us make sense of that question, particularly in the book of Proverbs. If you were here last week, we looked at Proverbs being a book about a conversation where a father is talking with his son, teaching his son how to live with God in God's world. And so the book of Proverbs uh, for God's people helped them make sense then of what it meant to be God's children. After all, throughout the Bible, God's people are always called and known as God's child. And so Proverbs for them was God their father teaching them as his children how to make sense of living with him, walking with him in the world that he had made. And at the heart of this, at the heart of this wisdom of knowing how to walk in God's world, at the, at the core of living with him is the fear of him. We saw that last week in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the, that key verse, that motto verse, the theme that kind of spreads across the whole book of Proverbs. It's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And it seems, uh, and we see this same idea, funnily enough, uh, in verse 7 of the passage that we're going to be focusing on this morning, chapter 3, verse 7. Don't be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. But this kind of fear isn't the kind of fear that is... You know, horrified or an extreme, um, unrealistic or irrational fear, like a phobia. It's not that kind of fear. It's a kind of fear that is reverence, that is wonder, that is awe. It's that strange mixed feelings of at the same time being drawn to something because of its. Awe and love and beauty, but also at the same time you tremble because of how big and just out of this world it is. And it's interesting in uh, this, the famous story or book by C. S. Lewis, uh, *The Chronicles of Narnia*. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure kids who's seen *The Chronicles of Narnia* the movie or who's read the book, yeah? Who has every, who hasn't, who he has read the book? I haven't read it. I've only watched the movie. But yeah, let me tell you a scene in the movie where little Lucy stumbles across this magical wardrobe that is a a doorway into this mysterious world. And she goes back, goes back home, grabs her oldest sister and two brothers and she takes them into this magical wardrobe and into this mysterious world. And they meet um, an unlikely friend called Mr. Beaver. Now, Mr. Beaver is a beaver, and he starts to explain to them how he is longing for their king, Aslan, to come. And he explains to them that that Aslan is a lion, the, the lion, you know, the great lion, And Susan, Lucy's older sister, says, Well, I thought he was a man. Is he safe then? I'd feel pretty nervous about meeting a lion. Mr. Beaver says, Safe? Who said anything about being safe? He's a lion, he's wild, he's not like a tame lion. Of course, he isn't safe. But, he says, he is good. He is the king. And so what Mr. Beaver explains to them is that although Aslan is a wild lion, he is also good. Because he is wild, he should be feared. He should tremble. But because he's good... You can love him. And so Proverbs, when it talks about fearing God, it is about this awe and trembling. But why then, or what does this fear and awe of God have to do with not knowing at all? What does knowing uh, that God is to be uh, feared and loved got to do with making it through a world where you just don't know what's going to happen. Well, God has everything to do with us being okay in a world where we don't know it all. And the big word that, that captures this is this word called um, omniscient. God is a God who is omniscient because he is all-knowing. We can make it through... Oh well, we don't know it all, because God does know it all. And so remember, last week we learned that God was omnipotent, He was all powerful, and these words come from, this, from the Latin. And what omni means is that it is again this, this all all uh, all-knowing, meaning it in all things, at all times, in all ways. It expresses this idea of being unlimited, unbound, infinite. And this word "see" and all comes from the word "science," which means to have a just simply just have a particular knowledge of something. And so, when we say or when God reveals Himself to be a God who is all-knowing, means that He knows everything about everything. Not only does God know all thing all that there is to know. But he also knows what to do with those things. So God is all-knowing in the sense that he knows everything that there is to know about everything there is. There is nothing that God is not certain about, nothing. But not only that, that he is all-wise. And that everything that he knows, he actually knows how to treat it. How to work with it in the best, right, good, perfect, loving way. God is all knowing and at the same time, He is all wise. God is all knowing. And we can think about it like this you know, God doesn't need to go to Google and YouTube to figure out stuff. You know, in our information age, you know, we can have like access to pretty much anything that we need to know just by going to Google or searching YouTube. But we still need to get it. We still need to go and get it. Although you know, we have this ability to know, we still have to go through this learning process. We have to go somewhere to get the information that we need to know. But God doesn't need to have access to information, he doesn't need to go anywhere. He doesn't need to learn anything because he knows it all already. Now, God doesn't need to go to a how-to on YouTube. He already knows how to. He knows, and he knows how to because he is the all-knowing God. He is all-wise. And so, how does? this help us then live in a world where we don't know it all? How does God being all-knowing and all-wise help us and give us comfort? What are we to do in response to this all-knowing and all-wise God? Well, if if there's one thing, I think it's this. We need to slow down and be actually just freshly confronted with who God really is and who we really are. We just slow down and to to confess and to embrace that he is God and I am not. That he is the creator and I am the creature. That he knows it all and I know in part. And not only is that okay, but it is good. It is good that God is God and I am not. It is good that he knows it all and I know in part. Can you imagine Ryan, the know-it-all. Now You you just have to ask Sarah. She'll tell you what that's like. It is not just okay that we just don't know it all, but it is good because we have a God who does. God wants to see, God wants us to see that being aware of who he really is and who we really are is how to live wisely in a world where we don't know it all. But there is a warning for us in verse 7, that if we ignore this, resist this, reject this, in the words of verse 7, is to do what is right or wise in your own eyes. Instead of shunning evil, you're actually shunning God. To go into this new decade, to go into 2020, thinking that you can know it all, you are shunning God. The God who knows it all and is all wise. And Proverbs says it is evil. And so it calls us to be wise. So then what does it look like then to live in a world where we don't know it all? What does it look like to walk with an all-knowing and all-wise God who knows it all while we only know in part? How do we do that? What does that look like? Well, it looks like trusting that God is all-knowing and all-wise while le- uh, leaning on, and not leaning on, sorry, our ability to know it all. It looks like trusting and leaning on God consciously, being aware of the reality that we can't know it all, but that he does. Look with me at verse uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. It, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Or in in other words, trust in that God understands it all. Don't trust that you know it all. Lean on the all-knowing, most wise God. Don't lean on your own limited understanding and wisdom. But what does, that, what does it mean? What does it mean to, to trust and to lean on God? Well, keep reading. Let's pick up verse uh, 6. So, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways know him, and he will make your paths straight. To lean and to trust is to know God. So, well, some of our translations, if you know, you've got you know, your own Bible with you, or if you go home and read it, you know, your verse 6 might say, instead of to know, uh, to submit. Submit to God in all things, or acknowledge Him in all things. But at the heart of what, these, what this idea is getting at is to know God. Submit, acknowledge Him, as the all-knowing God and all-wise God, that he is present with you in all that you do. While you can't know it all, we know that we can know God. While we can't know everything, we can actually know God. It's impossible for us to know everything, but it is possible for us to know God. Although we can't Know it all like God does, yet God has given us the ability to know in part, particularly Him. The funny thing, or perhaps the, the interesting thing that we as Christians try to do here to make sense of all of this, is by, you know, falling into two camps. To make sense of this, we tend to put it on a spectrum where we have on one end, It's on us, where we think, if I can't know for certain, then let's just don't get caught up in it. Let's just trust God that He knows. Well, that's on God, sorry, not on us. At the other end of the spectrum is... the Oh, no. (laughs) That is on us. At the other end of the spectrum um, is... The idea that it's on <clears throat> it's on us, and that if we can know God, or knowing God, it means then we need to be certain about what we believe about Him. So let me just clarify those, so we're not confused, because one end of the spectrum it's on us, where we think that if we are to know God, then we need to be certain about the things that we do know about him, about our beliefs. They need to be certain. The other end of the spectrum, it's on us. (laughs) So, it's on God, where we think that, well, if we can't know it all, if we can't be certain, it's okay. Don't have to get caught up in it, because we know that God is. We'll just trust him. It's that either or or kind of thing. But it's not an either-or kind of thing, Proverbs is saying. It's actually a both-and kind of thing. The either-or thinking misses the point of what it actually looks like to know God. To know God isn't about being certain about our beliefs. Knowing God and being certain about our beliefs, they are two different things. Knowing God is about being in a relationship with God. Knowing God and being in a relationship with God is a completely different thing to being certain about what you believe about him. And so to trust, to lean on, to know is to be in a relationship with God. And so as we walk with God in a relationship with him, trusting him, leaning on him, knowing this all-knowing and most wise God, he helps us make sense of what to do. We just sung in Be Thou My Vision that he is a light, his presence is a light for our path. He makes our path straight, Proverbs says. And so if trusting and leaning on and, and knowing God means to be in a relationship with God, what does that relationship look like? a helpful way of making sense of our relationship with God is to think about a parent-child relationship and the differences in what that looks like. And it's the difference between having a childlike relationship and perhaps a childish relationship. A relationship that is characterised by childishness has this attitude that reflects something like this. Well, fine then. If I can't know it all, have it your way. I won't bother knowing anything. Or, well, if I'm going to trust you, then I need to know everything about you because no way I'm going to trust you if I don't know who you are. But a relationship that is characterised by childlikeness... Looks more like this, or something like this. Well, if I don't know everything, I'll enjoy knowing what I can. I don't need to know everything about you to be willing to trust you. Now, let's just take um, you know any parent-child relationship, like my relationship with Hosea. Our relationship, or Hosea's relationship with me, isn't based on his ability to know all that there is to know about me. Nor is Hosea's relationship with me based on him getting me right. No, it's not. For Hosea, his relationship with me is based on his willingness to trust me on his limited understanding, on the, his partial knowledge of who I am. For him, I am daddy. I am there. I'm interested. I care for him. And for him, that's enough for him to trust me, to be in a relationship with me. And it gives him the grounds to actually grow and know me more and more. And this is because we are hardwired to trust even though that we don't know it all. It's this childlike kind of trust. That's what it means to trust, to lean on and to know God. That's the kind of trust, leaning on and knowing that God is actually calling us to. But what does it look like on the ground day to day to have this childlike trust, this childlike leaning on and knowing God? Can I just say, it is actually really difficult. It's really, really hard. I know for me, I wish I could stand here and tell you that, yeah, I've nailed this and let me tell you what it looks like. Because I can't. Wisdom is about living in the present moment, taking the present situation, situation by situation and leaning on God as we walk in those moments rather than actually trusting and leaning on ourselves. This is, that is the way of wisdom. And it's interesting, we see this come up again and again in Proverbs. Now just take, for example, Proverbs 26, uh, verse 4 and 5. We read, Don't answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Then in the very next verse, we read this. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Which is right? Both are. Both are right. Both are right depending on the circumstance that you're in. Both are right depending on the circumstance you find yourself in. And so it does make it hard. And so, like I said, I can't tell you everything there is to know about walking wisely with God, but what I can do is, I suppose, give you a window into my life and where I think by God's grace I've tried to lean on Him and not on my own understanding. So let's give you an example. For me, uh, growing up, I grew up with parents who were... Uh, divorced. And so life for me as a kid was this, this big struggle of not knowing, not understanding, not knowing what happened, <clears throat> not knowing what will happen, not knowing how to feel or think about my mum or my dad. So I actually didn't know what was going to happen between my relationship with Dad when he left, how that would turn out. But becoming a Christian in my early teens, I came to actually know and trust that actually in Jesus, actually God is my heavenly Father. And having that gave me a sense of direction, helped me make sense of what to do next helped me see that even though I didn't know what was going to happen between me and dad, even though I didn't know how he was going to respond, even though I didn't know how I would go about this, what I would do, even I still don't know. But what I realised was that it was okay because I didn't really need to know. Because although it's vulnerable, although it was scary, at the end of the day, I can know that I was known by my Heavenly Father, that He was there, that He was interested, that He cared. And that was enough for me. But you're not me. And like I said, I wish I could stand here and tell you that I've nailed this, but I haven't. This is just one way that I've tried to make sense of what it means to walk in a world... With a childlike trust, when we don't know at all. <clears throat> Not leaning on my own understanding, <clears throat> excuse me, but leaning on God. But this makes sense. To see our relationship with God, to see trusting and leaning on God and knowing God as a child parent kind of relationship, it makes sense because this is the context that we find in Proverbs. Proverbs, remember, is this father talking to his son, parent teaching his child. Remember, when we step back and look at the whole story of the Bible, when God How God um, explains what it means to be one of his people is to be a child of God. So it makes sense to see what it means to lean and to trust and to know God as being like a child of God, where God is our Father. It's not just this information, transactional kind of relationship. It's a relationship that is marked by actually a deep affection, And trusting and knowing and leaning on our Father. Did did you know, though, that those words Jesus said, don't be anxious about your life. And we asked the question, how on earth could Jesus actually expect us to live that kind of life in a world where we don't know it all? How? How? Well, it's this truth that God is our all-knowing and most wise Father that stands behind Jesus' call. In Matthew chapter 6, we find Jesus saying, don't be anxious about your life. And in that passage, Jesus reminds us again and again that it will be okay because our Father is all-knowing. He's our heavenly Father. And it's okay because we are known and precious to him. Jesus says in Matthew 26, uh, from verse 25, Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather nor into their barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Are ye not more valuable than they? Or in other words, are you not more precious to God than them? And in verse uh, 32, Jesus reminds us again, your heavenly Father knows. Jesus tells us that we are known by God, that we are precious to God. But Jesus is also in this passage showing us that to know God, to have God as our Father, our Heavenly Father, it actually means to be in a relationship with Him. Matthew 6 stands in this passage in Matthew where Jesus is calling people to follow Him, to be with Him, to be His disciples, and that it's when we belong to Jesus, we can have confidence that we become children of God that we are known and precious. I don't know how your 2020, your new decade has started, but if it's anything like mine, you've felt the vulnerability, the worry, the anxiousness, the fear of not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing what to do, not knowing what will be in the year ahead. So can I encourage you to take some time like we looked at the, at the beginning to slow down and embrace and confess that although you don't know it all it's okay because your Heavenly Father who knows you and, is, and you're precious to Him He does. So read be with your Heavenly Father read Matthew 6 leak out your feelings ...that are provoked when you are faced with not knowing it all. And know in that moment... ...that you are known... ...and loved... ...valued... ...precious... ...to God. It's okay. It will be okay. Because although we only know a part... ...our Father knows it all. And because that we're his kids in Jesus, we can be certain of this, that we are known by him and that we are precious to him. Let's pray. Father, here and now we want to slow down. We want to confess and face what you have been confronting us with this morning. Father, we know and embrace now that you are God and we are not. You are the creator and we are your creatures. That you know everything and we only know in part. Father, as we face this, it doesn't feel like it's okay. It doesn't feel good. But we pray that your spirit would give us an ever-deepening sense that it is okay and that it will be okay and that it is good, that you are God and we're not. Father, we pray that this comfort would be stirred up by the thoughts that we are known by you and also precious to you at the same time. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.